Well, Jason, here we are back again with another episode of In Conversation with Dave Morris and Jason Geary. How are you today, my friend? I'm a banana on the screen. Look at me. I'm a banana. I'm, I'm a banana. I'm sometimes I, I love video calls and sometimes I hate them. Right now, I'll let you, you decide. I'll let you decide. Uh, no, I honestly do love the fact that video calls have become commonplace. I think COVID has yeah. really made it normal to look at someone on a screen. And I'm yeah. glad because I feel like I'm in Back to the Future 2 and you're flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers and you're trying to get me to sign up for a deal and you're like come on McFly come on I'll take I'll take flea any day in any movie the jits will never find out I could, uh, I could be in point break I'll be flea point break era yeah just like uh, and <laughs> anyway. I mean, right now I'm sitting here with nothing but a sock over my penis, so oh, it's yeah. fine. You're pretty much as red hot yeah. chili pepin as you can get. <laughs> hey, we red hot chili pepin. <laughs> oh, I hope that's, a, that's my new term. We red hot chili pepin tonight. Um, <laughs> okay, well, uh, hello everyone. Thanks for tuning Hi. in. Uh, we have another interview for you today. Another interview episode. Which uh, yeah, that's I, right. We have a guest from Poland. Uh, Gosia Rosalska, and she is uh, an improviser who we both met in Seattle a little while ago. Uh, fantastic improviser, uh, one who travels the world uh, and has created a bunch of different formats um, and teaches. Uh, both, uh, we both find her a very inspiring uh, improviser to work and play and learn from. Uh, so she was a natural choice when we were talking about people yeah. to talk to. Yeah, she has a. a, a- perfect natural like uh, playfulness and want, wanting to have fun uh, but also sort of like a thoughtful approach to improv yeah. which i always appreciate people that think deeper about what we do and not just the the surface sort of fun so stuff. without uh stalling any further here is our interview with gosha thanks for tuning in Good morning, Gosha. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, Jason. Thank you. Good evening and good afternoon. Gosha, hello. What time is it there in Poland? It's eight in the morning. Have you had brekkie? Ha- no, no, it's too early. <laughs> I had my tea. Oh, you have tea. That's all right. As long as there's something, some libation happening, that's okay. What sort of tea is it? It's um, It's like... A hot wine, but without wine. So something with plums. I'm not sure, but they they name it like a hot wine. Sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty good. Uh, you didn't ask me what time it is, Jason, but here it is. Uh, what time it is it, Dave? Uh, there in uh, uh, it is uh, six seventeen here in Melbourne, Australia. It, it is eight a.m. in Poland. And what time is it there it in is Canada? Eleven twenty p.m. here on the west coast of oh, Canada. Oh, you're pushing so, the burn in the midnight so hour, the we, night hawk. Yeah, we are coming to you from three different time zones. In the present, which is actually the past to you who's listening, because you're listening probably like weeks later. And so like time is just, it's whatever, man. It's its a flat circle. Oh, what is time? <laughs> yeah. That's the perfect question for eight in the morning. Yeah. So that's <laughs> yes. how we're going to start this podcast, dear Gosha, since we have you here with us. What's time? What's time? Am I in your past or your future, Gosha? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> you? Oh, my God. <laughs> I hope you're my future, Jason. Uh, look That's at all me. I can say. <laughs> me are? too. Somewhere, yeah. sometime, our paths will cross again. <laughs> yeah, one day, one day. Uh, so one uh, day. Yeah, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, doing this with us here, Gosha, all the way from Poland. Where are you in Poland? Are you? You're not in Warsaw. 
No, I'm by the sea. I'm in Gdańsk right now. I'm from Gdynia, but these cities are next to each other and I had to close the window. So we didn't hear the seagulls. Oh, <laughs> nice. Beautiful. Yeah, that's so close to the sea. Yeah. I'm in the north. So it's kind of cold, <laughs> but not too much. So nice. we are closer to Scandinavia than to Czech Republic. And you, yeah, of course, you guys are heading into winter over there. We're, we're heading into summer down here. <laughs> oh my God, what is time? I know. <laughs> it's not on our side, is it? It's not on your side, no. It's on our side. Actually, this at this point, it is on our side. It is on our side at the moment. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. look, it brought us all together. It did. Uh, yeah. So, and of course, uh, you're an improviser as well. That's why you're here. Um, and we wanted to talk yes. to you about improv. And I have I have a very general question I just want to ask to start, if that's okay with you, Jason. Go uh, for it. I just want to know, what is improv like in Poland? Because I, I assume most of our listeners aren't in Poland. Uh, so what what's improv like there? Can you give us like a general, just sort of like uh, paint paint the scene, paint the scene for us? Just Oh my. So we can all imagine it together. Improv in Poland. It's a long story. <laughs> well, it's not a it's not a long history of improv here. It's been uh, around 15 years. So we started uh, not knowing what improv is. We didn't have any schools. I was in one of the first groups or the first group depending on how you count what is time. And um, we started with uh, doing kind of home Mm, like garage garage improv I'd call cool. it it was homemade and we were just discovering what it is and how it works and we just had some materials like Viola Spaulding's book because one of our friends went to US to study acting for a year for an exchange and he brought some uh, improv knowledge with him and we had this youth theater here I'm talking of course about my own group but uh, the other first groups were kind of similar mm -hmm. that we were just high school kids or students and we we were um, doing theater like just as amateurs or others were studying the theory of theater or others were doing a cabaret, like this stage kind of sketch mm -hmm. comedy. And uh, we all just started just trying how can we make it work. So in the beginning, it was a lot of discovering and making mistakes, of course. Of course. And discovering the rules, which was also fun to see that in practice, like no one wants to play with you because you're making jokes all the time and it makes no sense. <laughs> what about making a rule? <laughs> and uh, I think what's specific about Polish improv, and it's changing now a lot because we opened to the world and we have more influence from outside, but we did a lot of uh, storytelling and Narr narrative improv in the in the beginning after the games because of course we started with short forms and then we we went into the stories and I think it was connected to the fact that we were doing theater before that mm -hmm. so we were playing like Shakespeare improv for example very um, soon I think that now that I look at it Shakespeare is not a basic improv <laughs> style <laughs> genre but well, we it's, were it's playing basic. Shakespeare. It, it's basic if you do it bad. It's very basic. Yeah. There's some very, 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 <laughs> That's right. very good bad Shakespeare that people do. <laughs> Hello, yeah. it. How are you, it? Yes. <laughs> um, that's not. 
<laughs> and of course it was in Polish, so that's <laughs> totally different. Can you give me so... uh can you give me a small piece of a Shakespearean monologue oh, in please, Polish because I, I just want to hear Shakespeare in Polish. Yeah, of course I can give you just a, a quote from Romeo and Juliet. Yes, please. With the yes. Uh, afterwards okay, I'll so afterwards it's... I'll interpret it for you, Jason. <laughs> okay. Okay, so it's uh, the nanny. Nanny? How do you call her? Like Nana. the uh, yeah, nanny. The, yeah, who was taking care of the, of Julia? Nurse, and so nurse, it's nurse, yeah. nurse. So nurse and Mercutio. So that was the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, Romeo. So it was. Mm, wypraszam sobie. A cóż to za człowiek z pana? Człowiek, szanowna pani, którego pan Bóg stworzył, a psuciem tego, co stworzone, zajmuje się już on sam. Uh, is that is that often? Is does that just sound like? Polish with F on the end of it as well. <laughs> yeah, is that like very formal Polish yeah. or is that just Polish but but poetic? It's it's uh, it is very good regular Polish, yeah. I'd say. Mm. But it's uh, it's interesting with Shakespeare in Polish that the old translations that we had in school in the beginning when I was a kid, they were awful. They were unreadable they were so like Mm. heavy and boring and like they didn't have a flow but then we had this amazing translator who who died quite recently just a few years ago uh, barańczak and he he made it sound like fun right and then we discovered how funny shakespeare is was and that in romeo and juliet for for example uh how how fun the, the sentences were that there were jokes there yeah. and we didn't even know that when we were reading the old kind of translation because it was like the old guy just translating it and telling how serious shakespeare is and he's not so that was cool uh, dave what, what was the translation of what we just heard there? oh it was uh romeo uh quick hide and then mercutio was like i'm gonna kill you romeo <laughs> I think that's what it was. That was that scene. Yeah, yeah. It got cut. Of it got cut from it the version you've probably seen. It's, uh, yeah. They left it in the Polish version. Uh, ha- uh, I like how Shakespeare spells "ima." I m m a. I m m a. Yeah, with an apostrophe f. I'm a. I'm a f. I'm Funny. You should mention the translation because I remember I was in. I was working with a group in Amsterdam who were doing Tarantino. Uh, that yes. hey Jason, we we did that together that yeah. time, remember? Uh, in Amsterdam. Yeah. Uh, but I was there working with a group on Tarantino, and they were having trouble because Tarantino, the the word fuck, which is used a lot in Tarantino dialogue, there isn't an equivalent for that in Dutch that has the same feeling and sound as as the 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 word fuck. Sorry, I'm swearing yeah. so much, Jason. You're going to have to bleep these out or something. <laughs> That's um, all right. I'll just tick the box that says uh, ex- bad language in this explicit. podcast. Explicit. Explicit. <laughs> but, but they were having trouble with the, the doing Tarantino in the style of Tarantino properly because they couldn't swear the same way. So they did it in English instead and it was they felt much better doing it. It was very, <laughs> very neat. It was weird. Something I never had to think about it's- as a north american a privileged mm-hmm. north american improviser uh, mm-hmm. it's it's funny as well because uh, i mean shakespeare is in english but um i feel like what you said about translations 
applies to a lot of the English productions as well. Um, uh, you know, the, you, you can read his actual words, but in terms of ideas and how they communicated and and the interpretation of the script, like so I've seen some that feel, you know, as stale as, as year old bread and other stuff that's just so fresh and, and invigorating. It looks uh, amazing. So it's interesting to hear that that kind of applies to to different translations as well. Yeah, I, I wonder how how do you translate Shakespeare from English to English? You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I imagine that you can translate it interpretations. Yes. yes, I guess in Polish, in Polish too. Yeah, because of the old. But about about the the fuck word. Yes, <laughs> please tell us more about this word. <laughs> I will. I will tell. I will talk about fuck. Yes, uh, in Polish also it's. Um, it's funny that we have uh, that our swearing, like if you translate "fuck" to Polish, it sounds for us very harsh, and it's like whoa, right. you know. And our swearing words have a lot of "r" inside of the sound, so they are very satisfying, but also they are like very like. <clears throat> so sometimes we say "ah oh, fuck," like English word, in Polish, just to sh just to say something that has the 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 wage of oh shoot yeah you know it means nothing it's just like oh well then you say ah oh, fuck yeah. in polish and then we go abroad and we're like oh, oh maybe we should maybe we shouldn't that, that <laughs> yeah. f-bomb in this church weird uh we yeah we do the similar things with german here we say people say scheisse a lot when they're yeah when they want to swear but they're not supposed to swear because there's children around they say scheisse <laughs> and it makes them feel bad <laughs> It is a funny word. <laughs> so who do you improvise with there in Poland? Gosh, do you have your own company? Do you work with uh, many different things, uh, groups, or uh, what sort of what, what's the structure that you're working with at the moment? And I just need to say, Jason's mostly asking for the listeners because I'm pretty sure we both know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we're going to pretend we don't. Yeah, hey, sure. what, yeah, what do you, you do? I'm asking good questions. Why are you going to reveal how the sausage is made, Dave? <laughs> magic I'm, I'm a magician i like to reveal tricks uh, wait wait switch that so okay cut this out so yeah Gosha, so like who do you work with in poland we have no idea tell us about it uh let's pretend it's not pandemic so uh, so i oh, work yeah of course <laughs> pretend it's not pandemic that that helps yes then uh, I teach at the University of Gdańsk usually, and I have my my groups there, and I have my I I lead the I direct the university theater improv theater, and um, but that's where I I explore and I I create new formats with my students, so they are my little rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it with a loving way, <laughs> loving way, but. Um, Every time that I go to a festival or watch something and just get some ideas, then I I go to my classes and they are like, "What do you have for us today? Yes. Like, what 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 did you bring us, mom, from your trip?" <laughs> and then we just create new formats and and anything that really inspires us and then i take it and use it with other improvisers <laughs> so that's how i really create formats and uh, and things that i do and for example last year and then we have uh, for example for the whole year or a half a year or a few months we have uh, 
a project that we just make make it up and I bring one thing and then we make a thing out of it. So I will mm. give you an example. Last year I was in the Improsalento festival in Italy and uh, I was um, teaching like uh, several days of a free form deconstruction workshop meaning that we were just taking every single tool that we know from any mm, any form of improv and we were mixing them and creating like a thousand of forms and one of the tools that they said was microcosmos and i was like what is microcosmos and they said that it's um, it's like when you have a dust on the table it's that you see the dust, but then you can switch that the dust sees you. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> so I, I came back from there and I told that to my students and I was like, let's make something out of it. And we <laughs> and we uh, created a format based on like switching realities and points of view. And uh, it was super fun. And then we just performed it. And luckily we made it before the pandemic. So it was just like right before the first lockdown, we just performed that. And I was like, yes, we did something. Nice. And, uh, and also, I uh, mostly I travel with seven women of different ages. So that's my, that's my team with my friends and my sister. And we go around... Europe mostly, but we were in Australia too. Yes, so I've had five of those seven women uh, sleep in my house <laughs> for a couple of nights uh, and have yes. some fun and a barbecue and eat and laugh and have a great time. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. We ate a kangaroo. That was yeah. crazy. <laughs> Dave's face is like, what? No, you didn't. <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah, we did. No, you didn't. <laughs> well, my whole yeah. perspective on not you, but Australia has just changed. You guys yeah, eat you can, the kangaroos. You can <laughs> buy kangaroos at the supermarket. You can buy kangaroo meat wow. at the supermarket. <laughs> wow. Wow. It, That's what we did. It's very gamey. That's what we did. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, wow. Some, um, people, some so people are like, I, oh, let's go take pictures of kangaroos. And other people are like, let's go eat the kangaroos. Kangaroos. <laughs> <laughs> we did both. First, we took pictures of <laughs> Anyway, we we're getting a little off topic here. Uh, I did want to double back on something you said because it caught my attention uh, to get us back on track. Uh, did you say university? Do you teach, you teach improv in a university? Like there's a class on improv in the university that you teach at? Yes, but these are not mandatory classes of some studies, but these are the additional classes that you can take if you're a student. And then I can give you a paper that will, it's not a grade that you get, but you, if you have good grades from other things that you have in your, on your paper, then you can get a scholarship because you're so awesome. Ah. So you can get a scholarship for doing improv. That mm. is amazing. Wow. Yeah, that is that great. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I have classes for students, but also for regular people <laughs> from the street, mm -hmm. but also at the university. So that's my base. Uh, and I've been doing it for 14 years now, I think, oh. because someone asked me recently, and that's crazy how the time flies. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Time, time. But the, but it's time? not What's it's not uh, what is time? <laughs> what is time? But it's not popular to have improv at the universities. I think that's the only one really in Poland. All right. Well, it is changing now because there is some in the film school and the theater school, but it's just starting. So 
And your format, so uh, Seven Women, I've had the privilege of seeing it several times, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, uh, which has been uh, uh, lucky for me. Can you explain to Dave, have you seen it, Dave? Have I never seen have Seven seen Women? it. I've seen lots of photos from backstages uh, on your Instagram, like before yeah. like, and after yeah. shows. But so I know who the women are. I, I probably recognize them if I saw them, but but I've never actually seen the format or the show or, or know exactly what it is you do. And Except again, that you're this different is a little ages. bit loaded. Different um, ages the, seems to be part of the, the format, the, the different yeah. perspectives. That's different. Today, yeah, I, I pick <laughs> things true. up. I pick things up. So yeah, the different perspectives um, seems to be a big. So yeah, I just wanted you to explain for the listeners and uh, and and Dave and people who perhaps haven't seen or come across the format before. One, why you wanted to do it, what it means to you, and and how it works. Not particularly in that order, but uh, just to break it down a little for us. Of course, with pleasure. <laughs> so, Seven Women of Different Ages is a title of Krzysztof Kieślowski film. So it's the Polish director mm. was the Polish director. Mm -hmm. And it's a short documentary about ballerinas that were in different ages. So from the smallest one to the to the oldest one who's teaching the, the young ones. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a journey through life of a ballerina. And you can find it on YouTube, I think. And, uh, and that was the inspiration for all of it. And what we do now is we, we start the show with sharing with the audience one fact or revelation that we had recently in our lives and the range is uh, 20 years between us from 20 something to 40 something so it could be bigger still but that's that's what we have mm -hmm. it's, it's around 20 mm -hmm. years of difference cool. and um, we we always ask one person from the audience too so then we have seven because we are not really seven mm -hmm. it's just the name and um, so we start and we say each each one of us says, uh, I'm Gosha, I'm 33, and recently I realized this thing about my life. And, uh, and then we, and one person from the audience, and then we play around that. So these are really different things, d depending on the moment, like someone finished their studies, or mm -hmm. someone has kids who are growing up, or someone got divorced or something like there's a lot of things going on yeah. in our lives and then we we just play kind of a free form around that and we mix the scenes about life with the just stupid crazy abstract mm -hmm. fun things that uh, is also life really mm -hmm. so we are just changing a bit we are mixing the some more serious and more silly things and uh, usually we just try to get back to the beginning in the end and that's the the whole structure that we have and the and we just said that we don't want to be responsible for our own story so it's if i said that recently i i don't know i got a car or whatever then uh, I, I'm not going to be the protagonist of this one. Yeah. We just let someone else to play around that. And we can be just a sidekick in this, uh, in this topic, let's say. But it's also fun to see how others perceive what you are experiencing right now. Mm -hmm. cool. And also this thing from the audience, because all, they always share something that is, that is touching mm -hmm. or just something honest. And, uh, 
and we just play around situation from women's lives because that's not something that is that popular. Yeah, it's awesome. That's yeah, great. not something that's seen explicitly on stage as well. It can get lost in, uh, within you know other stories or 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 shine in out from other stories. But to have a whole show kind of based around and focused on that is is always very exciting. And I know from experience of sitting in the audience before that show, um, every time I've seen it, that there's always a, a, a real buzz of excitement um, uh, with the energy that's about to hit the stage. And, and you guys have never disappointed when I've seen it in terms of bringing that energy to the stage. Um, <laughs> and so it, it, when you when you perform... Um, what is it that you, now that you've performed a lot as a troupe together, what is it that you try to do for each other to, to change it up time after time if you're doing the same format over and over again? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the funniest thing is when we play after a few months, let's say, the this format, and then we have to think about what changed in our lives in a mm -hmm. short time. It's... Uh, it's funny to just see that we are usually thinking about it the day of the show. Right. So we're just like walking around, just like, do you have something? No, not yet. I don't know. I don't know. And then what is time? What is life? You know, that's the, that's the thing that we have that day. And then we're like, oh, I have three. I have three. What do you have? Something heavy or something funny? Oh, I have something funny for today. Okay, I will take something heavy then. And we try to we try to balance that too, nice. so we don't have like several stupid things that we realized recently. Because sometimes it is. It is sometimes it is stupid, like that we realize that we have uh, little sayings that we already have, and we will probably have till the end of days, mm -hmm. or, or what other little things are. Like that you uh, have, uh, that you realize that you talk like your mom, for example, yeah. or something. <laughs> so these are like a small things or there, and then we can play around that. And it gives this uh, kind of silly energy that we can play with like something more fun and some other things like I, I that recently I decided, I realized that I don't want to, uh, be judged by other people so i just let go for example so the the things that are more like like deeper and and connected to feelings they usually go to the more serious mm -hmm. scenes with feelings cool and i think that's something that we can uh keep using to surprise each other that it's it's like life it it just keeps going wow that's also deep <laughs> yeah no i love i love so uh, it yeah, keep... i love any format that brings personal stories onto the stage i love it yeah i used to do it yeah so it yeah. is it just it just goes on and it will and it will change and it's after some time probably i can say something that alicia said before or kasha said mm -hmm. because she's ahead of me and she's already been there and i haven't been there yet so cool. it is this kind of thing that we don't change much about the format yep. because just life changes what we play. Yeah, it brings and different offers in all the time. That's great. Can I ask you something about the format? Uh, not about the format, but about the format. Uh, <laughs> when was it? Did you have six women first and then realize we should come up with a format for six women? Or did you see the movie and you were like, this would make an interesting improv format. I'm going to try and find uh, six women. Or was it some combination of the both or something totally different? Like you 
had this inspiration and then someone told you about this movie and you happen to be sitting with these women and you're like let's do it uh what what where did it where did it spawn from i'm I'm always interested in the origins of things so like where where did it come from i have the answer <laughs> i have the answer and it's what it and it's interesting because it's it's something different that because uh, there was this women's day where it's like 8th of march here i don't know if it's international like yeah. that 8th of march in poland it's a women's mm-hmm. day and uh, in a in the club where we perform and when i do my young improv shows when i like do the, these shows with my students the the manager asked if i want to um, put together a, a team of women to perform improv just cool. for this occasion and that was the moment when I thought, okay, sure, I can put together some our local improvisers. And um, and then I got inspired by the Seven Women of Different Ages mm-hmm. film by Krzysztof Kieślowski. And uh, I invited just seven women and there was uh, two of them are still in the, in the cast. And we just played. And then I did several shows uh, with mixed cast. And it was not this format yet. Mm -hmm. It was just playing around the topic. And then it just started forming. And uh, we went to to Barcelona Festival. Not with the show, but we just, we were there, uh, several of us. And then we met uh, Kasia and then we met Alicia. They are not from our city because there is Bebe, there is Agnieszka from here and me. And from Bitgosh, which is uh, which is to our drive from here, there is Kasia and Alicia, mm-hmm. and we've been somewhere together, and everything just clicked right Ooh. away. And we thought, "Damn, this is it!" <laughs> and I asked, and I asked Bebe and Alicia what they think about inviting them here yeah. to Gdańsk, and they were excited. So we performed locally here, and then we were like. Damn, this is it. We just want to keep this. (laughs) And we just kept that because we felt this energy that we didn't have. That's amazing. With anyone else, with this combination. And we just had so much fun and support off and on stage Mm -hmm. that then we just started working on that. And then we applied to, we got invited to Kraków Festival in Poland and it was it was very fun and still with two additional improvisers as guests. And and then we applied to uh, Athens Festival and then it just like, poof, then it went. So so since, since then we are in this... Uh, oh, and then, because that was five. But after some time, we invited Carolina from Warsaw. So mm. it's like the triangle of 400 kilometers nice. here. <laughs> And uh, and we have Carolina now, so we are now we are six, and again very happy. And we've been thinking about Carolina for a year. We've, it took a while to hit on her. Really. <laughs> so cool! I love I love when when a, uh, when a plan comes together. You know, to quote, yeah. quote the A team, uh, I love it when like <laughs> you have these different ideas that are all floating, and then they just they just that that lightning shock when you're like, I got it, I figured it out, and then yes, you go, yeah, yes. Because sometimes you just feel that, that you have different combinations of people. Every combination is different. And if you put a different, even genre on them and a different style or whatever, like everyone, uh, every person is interested in a bit different thing. But if you find like something that puts them together, that glue, 
It's it's magic then. And you know things about magic, Dave. So I know a little bit. <laughs> I know a little bit about magic. Like for instance, did everyone know that Jason already knew about uh Gosha when he asked that question earlier? He was just yeah. pretending he didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, damn. damn. Dave, I, I I legitimately forgotten. Uh, I, I'm getting old, uh, and uh, <laughs> trying to cover up. But you remember that we were in your house. Yes, so yeah, that's, that's, good. that's that much good. I can remember. And I was I was sleepwalking there even. So. <laughs> it was, now, something you mentioned there that I am particularly very very jealous of is festivals, uh, because to get to festivals from here is, as you know. A very long trip, <laughs> and yes. and I kind of have to make windows in my year to, to, and hope that things kind of line up over there, uh, both in Europe and and uh, America, Canada, um, and kind of just have these little windows that 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 I I can travel in, um, and it seems that European improvisers are kind of blessed with being able to catch a plane on a Friday night you know, for a couple of hours to a whole nother country in a festival that lasts for two days and stuff like that. And that's the other thing that coming from Australia to go somewhere for two days takes you three days to get there. You know, it's it takes you for so yeah. long to get anywhere from here, uh, particularly the bottom part of Australia. And so, um, you know, as I say, it's it's got a, those festivals kind of have to line up for for me or or um um or at least be close together to make it all worthwhile what's it like being able to to go <laughs> <laughs> you know just zip from festival to festival how do you find the community uh in europe and 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 what uh does it foster good bad or otherwise it's it's a privilege for sure and i'm sorry jason <laughs> <laughs> but you have but you have kangaroos and yeah. somewhere in the winter. So. We have none left. We um, ate them all. <laughs> oh, shit. I can't believe you. I can't believe you ate them all. All of them? There's so many. We kept a couple. We kept a couple. Okay, but you know what, Dave? I just listened to the... Po uh, sorry, Jason, I will get oh, back that's to, right. to, no, go to for the it. question in one minute. But I, I listened to the historical podcast recently, and they said that... In America, like I mean the continent, the northern America, when, when humans went there from Europe, they ate all the horses before they managed to use them. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. <laughs> and then the conquistadors brought back the horses. That sounds like so. something we'd do. Yeah, we would do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah horses. I mean, so, they're not kangaroos. Okay, answering your question. <laughs> You're not angry. Okay. Mm. So living in Europe and being an improviser is um, is is a bit of a feeling that when you say see you later to 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 an improviser at the festival, you know it is soon mm -hmm. that probably if there is a traveling improviser and you travel too, that you will meet soon or you can just ask. So when when do I see you again? Yeah. Oh, in a in a month, for example, or I had. Um, I had like several weeks or months with Lee White last year oh, nice. uh, in the spring that we we spent more time together than at home for like a month or two or something that we just kept seeing each other all the time and it was just like that then we took for example we were in one space one one I don't know one festival and then we took a train to another one right. because it was just a train from country to country for example 
and uh, we were like f- between France and Germany. I think it was after the Berlin Festival, and then we went to Sacrebleu to to Strasbourg. Yeah. And also, as you said, that you can just go for two days. I even went to. It was around the same time, I think, last year. I went to Berlin. Just I just took a train from Gdańsk to Berlin to play one show with Lee Ugh. because Lee had uh, he made a show uh, organized that was called the funeral of Lee's yeah. hair. I remember, yes, because yes. I remember yep. seeing all those pictures. Yeah, yeah, and and he just he he made an event of cutting his hair and because he had a very long hair for a long time for many many years and then he went bald like i mean like cut his hair and uh, and it was just one show that he invited several improvisers and i was one of them and i basically played really like one scene when we did uh, when i he was directing the scene of Star Wars and I played like the old trilogy of Star Wars yeah. in four minutes. <laughs> and then you caught a train and home. That, <laughs> yeah, and then in the morning I took a train back. Yeah. So that's that's living in Europe. Yeah, that's which is great. Of course you need time to do that. Yes. But if you're a full time improviser, then this is your thing. Mm. So yeah, I mean in North America we can go it. to festivals too, Jason. Uh, me. I can't. I can go to festivals. <laughs> no. They're they're nearby. Yeah. But they're all like yeah. North American festivals, which are all just a yeah. bunch of North American people doing their North American improv. And it's yeah. fine. Which is it's what? It's fine. It's fine. I'm not gonna knock it. I mean Yeah, Dave, but Explain for Polish people then. What 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 does uh, it mean? Well, it's just you know, it's that sh- like it's a, a twenty-minute sets. A lot of Chicago style twenty-minute sets with people doing uh, quick slice of life scenes with very interesting characters, and then people run in a semicircle in front of it uh, and sweep it off stage, <laughs> and then another scene starts, and you see a lot of that. Uh, and then you do see some very cool stuff, as always at festivals. There are a lot of people yeah. doing new, innovative works, but you do see a lot of like you know guys in jeans and t-shirts running around in circles playing funny characters which is totally fine uh yeah. but you see a lot like north america it's a lot of the same kind of festival uh, and it's the thing that i'm always jealous of when i go to europe and i get to go do a couple festivals and i'm like man there's like people are speaking so many languages here and stuff this is so great and you get to actually do a, a translation show that that feels cool with people for who don't yeah. understand each other uh, instead of North America, where it's like, eh, okay, well, you know, Gosha's Let's here. Let's so we'll, we'll same Gosh. version of things for 20 minutes, yeah. At least Gosha's <laughs> oh, wow. here, so that's someone who's Polish, <laughs> and then Jason will speak in Aussie, and Dave will <laughs> speak bad French. And, like, that's, like, it. Uh, that's a lot of North America. So it's it's always such a, a blessing when I'm in Europe, uh, and I get to experience all those different cultures and stuff. Which brings me to another yeah. question, actually. Because I have uh, before oh, go, before you sorry. go to another yeah, shoot, question, yeah. I I would just like to underline that we met in North America yes. in in US yeah. in Seattle, but, in one of the and I think that was a different kind of festival in, in right? the world. <laughs> that is a good festival, yeah. That's one of the good ones. Yeah, yeah. that's definitely not a guys in t-shirts running around in circles. Although sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we did. <laughs> I'm sure I ran around the circle once at that festival. No, um, uh, that's that festival was yeah, Unexpected Productions uh, Seattle Festival, um, where Tony Beeman's from, our last guest. Yes, actually, yeah. uh, well, and uh, it it is a great festival. What I love about that festival is, uh, uh, as opposed to what you're talking about, Dave, in terms of North American festivals, where teams rock up, hang out with the other people in their teams, and don't really 
get involved with anyone else there. They'll go and do their set and maybe and they fuck go off for drinks a after. Drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so uh, whereas something like the Seattle Festival is a mixed ensemble from around the world. These are uh, people, you, there are maybe a couple of people from the same place or the same company, but generally uh, we come together as an ensemble for the week. So we train together during the day, we learn together during the day and perform together during the night. So it's a very different type of festival than 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 the one you were describing before. yeah yeah it is it is a pretty unique um, festival in, in that, yeah in that sense and there's actually two seattle festivals there's the one yes. that unexpected does which is the seattle uh international festival of National improvisational of improvisation and then there's the seattle improv festival so there's yeah. like two different festivals and one of them is i think more just people rock up and do their shows and then the other yeah, one's yeah. unexpected it's a beautiful festival uh and uh, and I feel like that ensemble style festival was at least it was when I last was in Europe more prominent of the kinds of festivals you yes. go to there, uh, which is the kind of festival I like to go to. The kind of festival I run Me here too. is similar because because why are we all coming yeah. together if we're not just going to learn? If we're not just going to learn from each other. Like why are yeah. we? Yes. Uh, like I mean I get it. We can come together to show put on a good show for an audience. That's a valid reason to do a festival. <laughs> But uh, as a, an, an artist, I like to to meet people in in different places yes. and challenge myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And it's a and, and and again, particularly for someone who's got to travel so far to get anywhere and do anything, I want to feel like I'm growing out of that journey as well, not just going and putting on good shows. I can do that here. <laughs> you know, I want to go and meet other artists and make sure that that I'm bringing those skills back to me. Uh, and also my community back here, as as I grow as an artist, I can pass those skills on as well. And and festivals like the Amsterdam Festival or uh, or the Seattle one are, are ones where where I've been able to do that. So, um, yeah. So yeah, or, or Spunk in Switzerland yeah. that was a month ago. Yes, same. Yeah. Uh, although I will say I have traveled for a day in each direction to for like a three-day festival like i have done that before i'm not gonna say yeah yeah i'm above that (laughs) i will do it no (laughs) i would do it every weekend if i could if i could afford it i'd do it all the time travel yeah (laughs) that's the other thing is cost prohibitive (laughs) it's to me to go to a two-day festival it is three thousand australian dollars to get to europe you know it's it's not three thousand australian dollars that's like three thousand canadian dollars yeah (laughs) i just did the conversion in my head um that's uh that's mad uh okay i have a question i have a question for you uh so uh i have improvised in other languages i've improvised in french a little bit which i kind of speak i'm not going to claim that i speak french but i am canadian so i should be able to speak it a little bit uh and uh, i know a lot of our listeners are all north american uh anglo speakers and australian anglo speakers who've never had to improvise in other languages uh do you find that uh, i mean i'm obviously it makes it difficult but do you find it changes the kind of improv you do or the style of improv you do does it slow you down speed you up make you funnier make you less funny like how, do, how does it affect your, your improvising it affects a lot it affects even when i speak to someone i sound differently i have a different melody of how i mm. speak which is funny because then i'm like am i a different person oh, <laughs> and, uh, identity what is it what is it? What is? Who am I? Oh no! Who, who am I? What is time? The big questions. What is time? Who am I? Jesus. Um, when I when I play improv, it changes 
the amount of words that I use mm -hmm. for for start because we have each each person from Poland as we as we talk with them uh, talks more when we speak in our language mm -hmm. than in English because first of all we don't have that big range of vocabulary which brings me to another thing is that I feel dumber mm -hmm. in English I feel like my IQ is like <laughs> just dropping dramatically really and which um is funny because if you heard me and understood me in Polish I use so many sophisticated <laughs> words that it's funny I I and it's just Bebe, my sister too, and we were wondering why. And then we were having a dinner with our parents, and we listened to them, and it's like, ah, oh, yep, this is it. Mm -hmm. So our parents just use like these funny old school words sometimes, mm -hmm. not too old school, but just like sophisticated, yeah. you know, just reading books and stuff. And then we speak in English, and I say stuff. See, I would not say stuff in Polish, <laughs> and. But it's just easier. Yeah, and then on stage, that's how I feel when I speak French. I feel definitely feel uh, like yeah. I'm I'm dumber. I just feel, I just feel yeah. like I don't know what I'm saying, and then I I know I'm saying it wrong, but I just have to say it. Yeah. And it, and then so it ends up yeah. making me shy when I'm speaking in French to people, and yeah. I just don't say much. Yes, and it you're is like, more. Dave, he doesn't seem he, is he he's such a shy guy. It's like no, <laughs> really, I'm not. I just can't say. Uh, yeah. So I totally sympathize. Yeah. But could continue. Uh, continue. And on stage, it changes also that if you don't have all the words that you want, you have to find some replacement. Mm -hmm. So then you play more emotional and more physical because how are you going to communicate if you cannot say what you want to say? Then you will just do like and show it and make some noises, for example, mm -hmm. or be more emotional and play more with pause than <laughs> just like you're you're making a dramatic pause and in the meantime just like what was the word what is happening am i do i know what is happening or it may happen like in australia in the festival in the improvention festival when we play the passengers uh, show uh by jonathan jonathan Bryden. yes <laughs> and uh, and after it was a long form and after the show uh improvise some improviser came to me and uh, and she said she asked me a question like she was she was not sure why did i say something or did something and i said oh because we were in this place right and she was like no <laughs> no we were not the whole show was somewhere else <laughs> so i so i played the whole long form show thinking that i'm somewhere else than the rest of the team <laughs> that is amazing uh I yeah. don't speak. So it happens. I, I don't speak uh, another language other than English, but I have been in the situation where uh, me speaking Australian English quite quickly with other English speakers, they're like, "What did you just say?" <laughs> and it's just like uh, because of our accent, and because of running words together, and because of you know talking with our mouths half closed and all of those sort of things. Sometimes, where I, sometimes where I, I do that. Sometimes I'm like, "What? <laughs> what, what you, the? What did, fuck you did you say? just say? Did you?" <laughs> okay, I'm not. Like that. <laughs> but I've 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 had that uh, that look when you say something on stage, and then. Uh, uh, and then you kind of see that person's eyes just go slightly wider and you're like, they didn't understand that at all. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. I, or, even though I don't 
speak another language, I still feel I have felt that frustration sometimes, uh, just being from another place. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think it's Do you something think it... important for like uh, I'm especially talking to North American improvisers right now because they're the they're the main culprits uh, who just speak English like everybody speaks English, no matter where they mm -hmm. go. Uh, they walk around Europe just talking English to everybody, and everyone manages to understand them, so they never try. Uh, and I don't think a lot of them understand when they see an international show, because this is something I didn't think about the first time I saw uh, German improvisers performing, is that they're improvising in a second language. And I forget that that is an extra step that they're going through, and they're still doing amazing work. Yes. With like half their brain tied behind their back. And then when I try and do a, a simple scene in French and I just kind of you know, start using metaphors because I can't find any words and then my characters just get yeah. really mad and storm off stuff like, because like, uh, I can't, because I'm like, I don't know what to do. I got to be emotional. Um, and so it's just something people don't understand when they're watching uh, that kind of thing or playing with an international improviser. That's well. what I was about to say. Yeah. Is, is, is it the joy of having to slow down as well? I mean, it, do you find that gosh, when you, when you do speak in another language that the pace is quite different to your normal pace? It is, it is. And, uh, but I found a hack to change that uh -huh. because um, I hacked my English <laughs> which is that I use a Polish word and make it sound like English. Ah. And usually it works. And mm. that helps me to not slow down with my thoughts. Okay. Because, for example, uh, it we had... Mm, I was talking to, to Jill Bernard in one festival. We had workshops. I, had, I took her workshop. Yep. And I was describing something. And as I said before, I, I use sophisticated words in Polish. And I don't know them in English, but when I take it in, from Polish and make it a, a bit more round, because Polish is very but if you make it like, then, for example, you get oneric, the word. Mm -hmm. And I said that word and she was like, what is it? And I was like, ah, oh, man, I, it's probably not it. I just tried. And then we checked and it was it, and it was in English. And then we laughed that she learned a new new word in her language. Yeah, um, that's because because the the roots are in latin mostly so that's that's greek actually mm. the oneric is is from greek and uh, and polish has also some roots in latin or you can find some words from greek so if you take a sophist it's easier to take a sophisticated polish word and make it sound like english and make it than use a simple one yeah. because the the sophisticated ones are not that changed, have not mm. that changed through time because people are not used. That's my theory. They're, I'm, I'm a cultural, like, I have a cultural master's degree. And so, uh, yeah, so if you take, like, this sophisticated word, it's there is a chance that it has not changed that much through time because people are not using it every day. Cool. So then you can just take it and make it sound like English and probably you will make it. Nice. Or you will say Medusa and people will know that you meant jellyfish, yeah, yeah, but it, you thought it was Medusa. So. <laughs> yeah, and... So it helps to hack the brain mm -hmm. so you don't think too much about what you say because even if you don't... Like, if you just go over it and no one would understand the words, you may still, like, make a context and people will get it from the context. Yeah, and that's that other thing I think um, that uh, English speakers take for granted is that anytime you're trying to speak another language, 
if you can't think of the word and you say it in English, most people know what you mean because most people speak enough English nowadays. And it's like, especially at a festival where most of the workshops are in English anyway. So you can always just go into English and you're fine. And it's such a thing we we take for granted and we don't we don't acknowledge that enough. Like uh, I know whenever we do a translation show where people are speaking their their native language, the, that half of the show. Do you do translations often? I know Seattle does it every year. I don't know if they do them all over the place. I assume they do. It's not <clears throat> very popular, mm. but it happens. It but, happens in festivals so, in Europe. So the, one, the show I'm referring to for people listening is where the first half is people speaking in their best language their native tongue and then the second half of the show is people speaking in their worst language so everyone's trying to speak a language they don't speak uh and it's a a nice expression of language but in the first half of the show when everyone's speaking their native language uh, it's like a note you have to give english speakers to not just translate everything because like Mm -hmm. it's so easy to have someone speak to you in polish and then you say something like yes the refrigerator is over there mom and you Mm -hmm. define everything they said even though that's not what they said and they know what they said and you're acting and you're you get to be the person who tells the audience what was said and so so it's like important for english speakers to like in that first half of the show just say yes like you say something mm. to me in Polish, yeah. and I go, okay, yeah, yeah, of course, let's let's go, and then not I not. I had one situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had only one situation when I was the person who was understood because we did uh, a kind of translation show in Poland in Toruń Festival mm-hmm. in Yo, and uh, I I added a bit of cultural background because, as I said, cultural, cultural yeah. is my thing. And and it was super fun and we called it Babel. And it was that in between the scenes we were I was asking question kind of like seven women, but we were just on stage and I was asking about something I was asking something about your culture and your country. Like what are what is your country like what are your insecurities of your nation, for example? Or how do you treat food? Like again, like some more serious and more silly questions and they were saying uh, how is it in their place and then we were playing we were choosing the language or that the basic was like in translation so everyone speaks the native language or we could choose like that we found the German answer so funny it was something about the rules and then we are making fun of the rules and (laughs) Manuel was making fun of them about that so we decided that we want to play this one in German uh, that we don't speak. So things like that. But I was uh, I was speaking Polish and everyone understood me. And that was so boring. <laughs> I was like, oh no. No, I'm the, the English speaker in every international festival. And like, it's just like everyone has fun with speaking the language that the, the, like, the others don't know. And I'm the only person that every person in the audience understands. Mm-hmm. So that was weird. And... Um, but there was one thing about the questions that I loved was that most of the things we had differences. But when there was a question about what did your parents tell you when you were a kid? Uh, Manuel, again, from Germany, he said that if he w- wanted something and he would say, hey, dad, I want this thing. And the dad would say no. And he would say, but my friends have it. And the the, the father would say, Oh, so if your friends jump out of the window, would you jump? 
And everyone was like, ah, we have the same thing, but just like different <laughs> expression. Like if your friends would jump into the fire, would you yeah. jump off the bridge? Would you jump into the waves? And we're like, oh, every parent says the same thing. Like it's just a different frame, but every nation in Europe has the same. <laughs> so that was uh, the whole the whole festival went like, oh, Look, as, this uh, is true As for parents, everyone. there's only so much you can say to a kid, really. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you got to go from the same playbook. <laughs> but, you know, there's like, you know, cultural differences, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah if your friends were boxing a kangaroo, would you box yeah, yeah. a kangaroo too? Like, you know, you got to find like something. In the, <laughs> I'm it wouldn't assuming. Be boxing. Is exactly. that the Australian one? What would you say? Uh, though, what it, would you say? In Australia, it's like, if your friends are roasting a kangaroo, would you go on? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I would stand up for those kangaroo rights. Yeah. Um, what would you say in Canada? No, gen- generally here it's like would, if your friends are jumping off a bridge, it's the same kind of thing. It, yeah, yeah, the English one I think is bridge is pretty common around the English-speaking yeah. world. If your friends jump off a bridge, sometimes I think people you say cliff, but I think mostly it's bridge. Yeah. If your friends jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I think we say fire. If, if they would jump into the fire, would yeah. you? And the like bonfire. Cool. Uh, one, one thing that I, I like about the language difference, both, uh, uh, again, I, I don't know so much from the playing and saying side, but playing with uh, people uh, with English as a second language is I consciously have to start to remind myself before I walk out on stage to slow down. And generally, that's a good thing to remind yourself as an improviser anyway. Um, and that's why I find a lot of the work at these kind of festivals where people are working together uh, and and doing it perhaps in a second language or a shared language um, is often better than, than the normal kind of carefree stuff is everyone is paying so much attention and putting a lot of care into how they work with the the people that they're working with and i think that's a a, a lesson that i've learned from working with uh, international people that that i've brought home and into my work as well just to to my straight up english work Mm -hmm. is that uh, how much more beneficial it is to slow down you know yeah 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 especially also even i was mm -hmm. just gonna say especially after you've done a scene where where you drop big fancy English words in the first sentence, and then afterwards you're like, "Why did I do that?" Oh no, Anton, <laughs> Anton, I'm so sorry. I just said you don't understand what I just said, and you feel terrible. And then now, from that moment on, you remind yourself, "Slow down, keep it simple." <laughs> like you know, be be clear. Or you can make it worse and explain, like keep explaining what you just said. That would be awful. Oh, <laughs> Sorry for my dog, but... my doggy barking in the background. There, someone's either coming Aww. home or going past, <coughs> nice. and my cough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, when you play with different people, even if we speak English, we have accents of our languages mm-hmm. sometimes, and sometimes we pronounce a word in a different way. Like in Polish, you would say "house." And then people are like, house, what? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, house, the house. And it's chaos. But it's just like we write it the same way. But then oh, we just cool. like, we may pronounce it totally differently. Yeah. Or or just randomly have a Slavic uh, yeah. accent. <laughs> and then you have this more, more like I said, square square letters. Mm, or yes. We just use every letter. Then, then <laughs> Well, if you're funny. at my house, you could say house or house. And it would be just the same. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I had I had another question because it's come up a couple of times, and I think we're actually getting close to to our end time here. Uh, yeah, we're just on an hour. But so I want to get this in because you you keep bringing up this uh, this cultural degree that you have, uh, and uh, and that that's something that interests you, obviously. And the shows that you're doing about uh, exploring like the lives of women and stuff, and and different points of people's lives. Uh, again, a lot of cultural stuff. You like seem to get suggestions that involve people's cultures and lives and where they're from uh so i'm just gonna just ask you this way what is like your vision with improv like what is it that you try and do when you get on stage uh and is it uh obviously about culture or is there more to it or or can you articulate that in some some way for us Hmm. i think it is a mix of uh, of what i did in life which is a lot of studies Mm -hmm. too but i think that it's I my improv is a mix of being a nerd improv nerd and just uh, having fun with it. So there is I have this base where I I like to dig deep into humans and it's both from the cultural side and the director's side because I also studied film directing so I'm like mm. graduate of film directing too. And it is connected because <laughs> it is connected because if you want to create characters in film that are true and that are the ones that we could connect to, then it's um, you need these uh, depth, this this depth that is in humans, and uh, it's also about not being good or bad because there is no such thing. It's like you do things that we judge as good or bad. But um, thinking about humans as these creatures that have this depth and we are, we just do things and we are good and bad and we just do do these things that we judge. And then you go into the cultures and see how different we are. Then in combination... It's uh, everything is there. If you have this approach of film where you just analyze and put this storytelling of film like. <laughs> See, this is my English. It's, it's getting worse with every second. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's expiring. It's amazing. Everyone's listening so, going like, wow, wow, cool. <laughs> they're into yeah, this. Medusa. Sounds so cool. On Eric. <laughs> so if you have the base of filmmaker let's say so you have some concept of how you want to tell stories and that people are different and then take the cultural approach of that we live different lives we have different habits even living next street or in europe you just drive to another country as we said maybe not in australia but but in Europe, you can just drive. I can be in five hours in Germany or in Russia or Ukraine or Sweden in seven by ferry. And um, and knowing that, being interested in people and in humans and in this human layer, if you add this human layer to the most abstract cartoonish characters, it's Pixar then. Mm-hmm. We cry watching Pixar mm-hmm. animated films because even if these are toys or basically emotions or whatever else, we feel this human layer, which is if you take a look at culture and at how people live and what they struggle with. So for me, this is the combination that, uh, that brings 
this thing that excites me the most aside of just going crazy and having fun and being free mm-hmm. but that's the core that is underneath mm-hmm. all this fun that i have well i think that is a perfect way that's to bring great. to this conversation to an end uh, I do have another question, but uh, uh, we'll we'll do it in a part two sometime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Gosh. It was just so wonderful to talk to you, to see your face. And uh, once all this crazy world stuff clears up, let's uh, hang out again somewhere sometime Please. and play. Yes, yes, Please, let's you. hang out again sometime somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is all over. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Dave. It was great to talk to you. And I'm so honored to be no. your guest because I listen to your podcast and I talk to your podcast. Oh, <laughs> oh is there anything oh, you want to say I to was, our podcast yeah, right yeah, now? You, You're like, well, you what you guys said in episode <laughs> four was bullshit. <laughs> Let me tell you why. No, because we would have to make another season of your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Gosha corrects season one. <laughs> but I was, I was, and I will just say that I was at the gym just ex- doing my workout, and I was listening to one of the podcasts when you were answering questions, and I was answering questions with you, and then one of you said, "Oh, if you're doing improv, you're probably answering questions with us." I was like, <laughs> "I read your, How I, did knew, you know? I knew, time, I could see it, I could see yes. through everything." Uh, okay. So great podcast, guys. Well, thanks. <laughs> and thanks for being and here. And keep going. And I will listen to every episode. <laughs> thanks, Gosh. And I hope to, to see you soon in person. Or if not, then even here. Yeah. It's still good to see it you. It is still on good. Screen. On screen and to can chat. You, can you just give us one really sophisticated Polish word to end with? Wysublimowany, for Wysub- example. That's sophisticated. That means sophisticated? Wow. Yeah. Just like that. Visublimovane. Visublimovane. Nice.